This is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Driven by Data, the podcast, season two, powered by our vision group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. We're delighted to bring you another season of Driven by Data, the podcast, which boasts even more data analytics and AI thought leaders from across the globe. Our aim remains the same to uncover how some of the most prominent leaders within the data analytics community tackle our industry's most trending topics, told in order to share knowledge, ideas and experience. And just as in season one, to give back to the global data and analytics community. So sit back, relax and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast, season two. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Maggie Rominzi, who is the Vice President of Curriculum for Data Camp. So, Maggie, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for having me. No, the pleasure is all ours. So, um, where we always start, Maggie, is by asking our guests to give themselves, I guess, a, a brief introduction into their background and journey today, which I think for you will be, um, for the listeners, it'll be interesting to hear yours because um, probably not your traditional route into the world of data and analytics, right? No, that's true. I didn't get uh, a degree in undergrad or my university time that focused in data. I actually came in uh, through the sciences. So my undergrad is based in biology and chemistry, and I worked in science um, for a pharmaceutical company for many years. Um, Didn't really know much about data when I decided to go to grad school. And I just happened to land in to two courses that kind of caught my interest, data analytics and a computer uh, science course. And I had no idea anything about those types of courses when I first got into it. I had literally never taken an accounting course, not even a finance class, like nothing. And I remember my first day in this data analytics class is basically a statistics course and they were using Excel. And I remember my first time with watching the instructor and I'm like, oh, I have no idea what's going on. And he did a sum function in Excel, like an actual sum function, like equal sum. And I was like, oh my God, that's how you do it? Like I had always just been doing plus, plus, plus forever. And I was like, why am I so bad at this? But coming from the sciences, I mean, like every time I had to make a chart in Excel, I had to Google it and be like, oh, now I remember again. So yeah, watching that that instructor make a sum function was what inspired me to come into the data world. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. That's how you do it. And um, from there, like I quickly learned Excel. And then I was, was like, well, why stop here? You know, I was getting my MBA. It's not a very technical degree. So I was like, well, I want to learn some kind of tech skills because I feel like tech is kind of where it's at. What do I do? I picked up um, Intro to Python for Dummies, the kids version. That's what I got from my my bookstore. And I read that book. Like it is like the Bible right now. It is like on my my shelf. I still look at that book all the time. But uh, that book and that first data and analytics class really piqued my interest. And that's why I got into um, that's why I got into data. I ended up working in a bank for my first job out of grad school. 
And um, I just ended up in the data office and I got to work with lots of executives on data and analytics initiatives and um, realized how much people didn't know about data in the corporate world. I assumed that everybody knew something and they knew more than me, but I realized that we were all kind of in the same boat. Even if you got that degree in data science, you probably still didn't know everything you needed to know about data and analytics and how to communicate with data. And um, so I got lucky and really uh, got to work in the data office where we started a data literacy program and got um, you know, more people interested in data and started actually getting people to use data in what I see as the right way. I'm sure there's a lot of right ways to do data and analytics work. Um, but but really, that's my journey into data. And that's how I found myself in the ed tech space. Yep. Yep. Well, it's a, it's a fascinating um fascinating story i i always um i always like the untraditional stories because i guess you know why and, and i say this non-stop but you know if you've got graduates in today's world coming out with a computer science degree just by sheer demand they're going to get sucked into our industry right that's that's just a given um but it's always those stories where people just kind of pick something up, have a fascination by it, and then all of a sudden, you know, have a career in it. That's uh, that's really interesting to me. So obviously now over the last few years works more in the kind of education space of data, which is a huge, huge topic across the industry right now, which and one of the reasons we wanted to get you in to kind of talk about that and kind of share the share the light a, a little bit, but tell us a little bit about data camp then as a business, you know, what, what the, the, the setup is kind of what you're trying to do, who you serve, all of that type of good stuff. Yeah. So data camp is an ed tech company. So if you don't know what ed tech is, um, you know, it's basically technology education. So where you would go to learn about um, different industries or different tools, different skills, and so data camp, we are, our goal is to democratize data science skills. So getting people who were like me and had never seen a sum function uh, to go from that to whatever, you know, wherever they're going to land in their data journey, whether it is a data scientist or maybe a data analyst, or maybe even just a business analyst. But the goal is to come in and take e-learning style courses um, and you can do that within any different type of topical area. Um, we specialize in Python, R, and SQL. That's kind of where the company was founded, but are now branching out into the data literacy space, um, BI tools, Power BI, Tableau specifically, um, data engineering, um, machine learning operations. So kind of anywhere you are across your data journey, you can kind of come in and take courses um, or take a track, get certified in data science and start your journey and also finish it. So really wherever you're at in that like life cycle of a data learner, you could have been me or you could be those people who are getting PhDs in data science and just want to learn about the new cool like uh, thing to do in data science, machine learning ops or AI machine learning, um, any of those, you can find your space here. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Makes sense. And I guess your role and responsibility within the business, then what's the kind of, you know, what's your remit? Yeah, so uh, as VP of curriculum, um, my team is really responsible for owning all of the content that ends up on our platform. So if you're coming in and taking a video course, my team creates those courses. If you're coming in and taking a like case study or we're doing a case study, my team is taking or making that content. Same with our projects or our practice pools. 
Um, really, the only content that my team doesn't own right now are assessments and then our certification area. So um, when we work, you know, like I said, we have a really strong team internally that are all um, data science professionals, but also we work with the best of the best in the world. So we try to find um, people around the world who have the best skills or are well known in their field and they come in and then create content for us as well. So really yeah. um, my team makes it all. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Very good. Very good. And I guess, is this geared towards individuals or are you working with corporations to put their business and business users through some of these kind of um, modules as it were? Yeah. So we do both. So we have a really, uh, the business was founded in the B2C space as a lot of them are. And um, so you'll see people come in and you know, want to maybe get a new job. So they're trying to enhance their skills or they want to get certified to find a new job. But you also see B2B space here where they're trying to really enhance and elevate the the learning of their um, current employee base. They want to help them get new skills or, um, you know, just kind of show that goodwill faith of like, hey, we're invested in your well-being and your like journey and education as well. So you'll see both types of groups. Um, and we, uh, you know, help different groups in different ways. As a business, you can come in and create the custom tracks to really gear whatever the learning is for your um, teams. So that way they know exactly what they're supposed to take. As an individual learner, you get all of our um, pre-created uh, pre kind of created tracks uh, that help a like the learner come in and be like, oh, I'm not really sure where to start but I kind of want to be a data scientist. So then they know exactly where to go within the platform to, to get on that journey. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes, that makes sense. I think um, it's interesting that there's businesses like yours now out there doing this stuff um, because I personally see a huge gap in the market for something like this. Now it's not an area that I'm um, you know, really clued up on by any stretch of the imagination. But obviously, uh, internally here, we created a, a mentorship scheme that we re recently launched. And what one of the reasons for that was that we, we saw kind of a real, um, you know, gap that needed to be bridged between a lot of data and analytics professionals or teams, especially earlier on in their career, they may have just got their foot through the door or whatever the case may be, but they're typically working, unless they're working for a major enterprise, right? They're typically working in small, often siloed data teams where their ability um, to be able to kind of find further education in this space or courses or development or mentorship or whatever the case may be is often very limited. Um, not intentionally by the organization, but just often, you know, businesses of a certain size and scale just don't have the time, resource, or often funding to be putting their people through vast amounts of, of training. And probably more to the point, those organizations probably don't know where to look often, <laughs> right? So it's a real fascinating concept to me. And I know, obviously, it's an area that you're hugely passionate about, hence why you moved into that space. But I think one of the really interesting things for me is this kind of you know, the data literacy 
piece that's kind of exploded now i know obviously there's all the technical courses that you'll do and, and that's a great found you know great foundation for anyone right i think you know the the upskilling in technical areas uh, irrespective of whether you're a data scientist or just a business user is always going to be useful but it seems there's got a lot more emphasis nowadays on kind of the education piece around data in its entirety and why business people should be more data savvy and data literate and all of that type of stuff interested to hear from your side of the fence the role that data literacy seems to be playing in this whole kind of wider digital transformation piece because i guess you probably have a very unique perspective working with individuals and organizations right on the other side of that kind of training fence yeah so i mean digital transformation obviously this is in data literacy they're both huge buzzwords that we've been hearing a lot over the last few years um and to me the biggest thing with digital transformation is that we're trying to get enterprises to really utilize data analytics or technology in a more forward-thinking way. And think that's a great thing. But data literacy comes into that when we need to get our business leaders to really understand like what is the value of that data? What is the value of the technology or what are the value of the workers? You know, historically, all corporations have been super hierarchical and it's like, you know, the guy at the top of the pyramid is the one or the lady at the top of the pyramid is the one who gets to make that decision. Who's like, well, you know, in my 50 years of experience, this is what was always done. <laughs> and that doesn't always work nowadays. Like my gut instinct is probably not wrong all the time, but like, could it be better if I utilize data or heard somebody else's voice? And that's what data literacy is all about. It's about being able to interpret data being able to listen to your peers or maybe listen to people who are below you or maybe talk to people and communicate with those that are higher than you in a more uh, data savvy way, but also using that business context to really make your voice heard. And with digital transformation, we're not able to see the value of the digital technology that we're implementing in our businesses if we're not able to also communicate effectively or um you know, interpret the results of data or, you know, just be able to have those types of conversations. And it doesn't matter who in the organization. So we always say like digital literacy or uh, data literacy, digital transformation, they impact everybody. They're not just impacting, you know, um, the people who sit in technology or the people who sit in the data and analytics space. Those people are obviously really important. But if you can't communicate that with your people in the sales units or the people who sit in the C-suite, then it, then the value is really going to be lost. So getting your employees to a place where you think is important for them to know for a, for a data literacy place is going to be huge. And it's not just about me as like, oh, my employees need to, to know this. I need to know it too. It's almost more important for the leadership to really be able to buy into this kind of transformation um, to really see the impacts of it work like throughout the entire organization. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Did, have, you, have you seen then from your side of the fence more appetite for the kind of you know general interning upskilling around some of the you know and I'm doing my little quotation marks here but the softer skills right um because I guess it's very evident and probably really obvious that you know over the last five years especially there's been a huge growth trajectory within data and analytics and more business coming to the forefront now and wanting to do more in this space and they see it as a massive competitive advantage if they can get it right 
But with that said, often many of them start in the wrong places, right? They look at it as a pure technology implementation and, you know, all of the stuff that you talked around there, you know, about literacy and things like that, they're often left until the end when maybe it's sometimes a little bit too late and you're trying to, you know, ch- you know, you're trying to change those cultural things within a business after it's kind of almost failed or failed to deliver what we were hoping from it. Have you seen like a, a rush towards being more data literate in the kind of education space? Yeah, I mean, definitely. When I first started in this space, uh, it was almost four years ago. And I would say the biggest thing that people were trying to do or businesses were trying to do were they were just focusing on the data and analytics talent within their organization of like, oh, we need to get this person better at Tableau. You know, we need to improve their SQL skills, which are important things. Don't get me wrong. Now we're starting to see the shift of like people come to us and 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 ask, hey, do you have training for leadership? Do you have training for this group of people? And and it's a way more targeted because people are seeing that, hey, like it's not just about the data and analytics folks. Like I would say that most organizations, their data and analytics teams probably already know most of the stuff they need to know. Like they might, they could probably enhance their skill set from a technical perspective, but like it's usually not the data analytics teams that are kind of like the pitfall within an organization. It's the others that are not necessarily as data literate. And that's where organizations are starting to see that. And they're starting to come together and say, hey, we need to get everybody better at this, not just not just the data analytics teams. And so I think that that's going to continue to persist over the next several years. Um, and, and to your point about it's coming into the wrong part of their data journey, I still think that's happening a little bit where I still think, you know, they're thinking about this after like something else has failed. It hasn't worked right you know, data literacy is a cultural transformation. It's about getting people to really think about data in a proactive way, about using numbers, about understanding KPIs, how do the OKRs impact yourself, the organization, and you need to get that buy-in early on. You need to have the champions within your organization early on for there to be really strong success. You still might see success, but it's going to take more time. And so I think we're still seeing that's happening maybe a little bit too late, but it's definitely moving in the right direction. Yeah, that's and that's really interesting to hear. I mean, if you think about it quite logically, it'd make sense, right? If you've got someone that you know isn't necessarily data savvy and is not thought or operated um, by using data to make decisions before, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're trying to change tact and say, you know, from from here on out, we want to become a data-driven or data-enabled or data-informed or whatever buzzword we're using these days, you know, organization to make decisions. And you've got someone sat there making decisions saying, well, I've never had to do this before. And actually, it feels really strange and <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable, right? So it's no wonder that there's a there's a, there's a gap there that needs bridging, which is, is really interesting. Um, and I completely agree with you. I mean, we've seen the shift internally within organizations. You know, if you rewind five, six years when some of the major data academies were starting to be built internally within, you know, major enterprises, they often started out as a resource to put their data analytics teams in, you know, so they could probably hire more junior people and upskill them rather than having to compete in the in the kind of senior end of the talent market. Um, 
And very quickly that actually changed to actually let's, you know, let's change focus to the business because it's the business that, um, you know, could, could do with a lot of the, the softer skills training around data, around the literacy piece, around the cultural piece, around the adoption and the benefits and et cetera, et cetera. So that's good to hear that you're also seeing seeing that um i guess from an organizational perspective then when people come to you and obviously you do both sides of that coin in terms of the technical and the 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 softer side stuff how do you get to the point of identifying where that skills gap is you know what why why should organizations be looking at and doing a skills gap analysis i guess to understand where they probably need to get that education yeah no i mean it's very important for any organization to undergo a skill gap analysis. They need to understand like, what are the skills that they want to have for their employees versus what are the skills that are currently like existing within the organization. And and it's a long process to kind of get to that point. You need to do a lot of different steps to really understand like, so what am I trying to do? A lot of organizations think that just because they have this population that already exists, that like, oh, it's going to be a really easy bridge to get from A to B. And it might be. There might be different people who who are like, oh, I can just, I automatically get it or I want to get it. But then there's other people who are not going to be there. So you really need to understand kind of like what are what is going to drive your analytics forward? What is going to drive your company forward? What are the goals that you have? And it's not just the buzzwords that are out there. We see a lot of people say like, well, I want to get machine learning implemented or I want I want to have a hundred data scientists. Like that's not really like a goal. <laughs> like that's a very like arbitrary goal. Like I don't know, like your definition of a data scientist is probably different than what my definition is. And so you need to understand like, what are the skills that I want to do? Like I want to be able to do advanced uh, machine learning and I want them to know Python. I want to be able to do Python. And uh, I'm working on like a Hadoop platform and I have like these other things going on. But like, those are really, those are very key things. Like those are specific things that we can target of like, hey, those are kind of skills that we can build towards. Um, but you know, if you come and you say like my technology team can't talk to my business team or like there's a communication gap, that's something completely different. That's the data literacy piece of like, Hey, we're not talking the same language. And that's usually where a lot of the pitfalls lie within organizations you'll see. And I think that there's a lot of statistics out there of like, like it's like 20% of, um, outputs from data scientists actually get implemented within an organization or they fail. And a lot of it's not failing because, oh, the data scientist didn't do it right. They, I'm sure they did it right. I trust them. I'm not a data scientist, but I, I'm sure they're doing a great job. What's not happening is that the data scientists aren't able to effectively communicate to their leadership and their leadership are not able to effectively communicate to the data scientists. So there's a gap in that of like, who is, what is the goal of the organization? And where are the outputs and how do we get from a to b yeah no absolutely i think you know it's uh i'm right i'm right there with you you know nine times out of ten the issues never lie in the fact that you know we're we're under par in the technicalities you know that's not to say that every organization gets the technology piece right 100 of the time because of course they don't but broadly speaking it's not a it's not a um you know, a capability issue in that part. It's often, you know, as you've said, the softer stuff around either literacy or influencing or storytelling or trying to translate, you know, very complex 
kind of data and, and analytics terminology into business problems and, and vice versa, which um, I, I want to get into how you then kind of, you know, how do you implement a, a skills gap analysis then? Because I think that's going to be really key for the listeners to to understand within their businesses. Because my perspective on this is often businesses start on this journey because, well, a few reasons, right? They know, typically speaking, they know there's value in there somewhere. They also see and hear about this all the time. It's on the news. It's They've heard the competitors down the road are doing a really cool AI project. Like There's probably a bit of fear of missing out and peer pressure and obligation. So they know that they want to do this stuff, but often they don't know why they want to do this stuff other than there must be value in here somewhere, which I assume makes that really difficult for them to start to pinpoint okay, well, if we don't really know why we're doing it, we don't really know which direction we're traveling, how can we then identify where we, you know, where, where our, our gaps are in this? What, what have you seen in that space? Yeah, so I like to think of this as like pretty much an eight-step process. And a lot of it will start with like, what are the business goals that you have? So if you think about number one, it's like, we we always think about our strategy as a company. What are what are your goals? What do you want to do um, in that space? And then map that to what your data strategy should be. So it's, you know, I want to sell X of this. Okay, so what do I need to do from a data perspective to get there? Maybe I need to prospect 100 people, like 100 times. I need to do uh, 10, you know, in-person interviews a week or something like that, like whatever it may be, but I need to map my business strategy to my data strategy. And now I know what my data strategy will be. So then based on that future data strategy, I need to work backwards to what those analytical outputs would be. So that's kind of number two. So what do I want to do from an analytics perspective? Um, Based on those analytical outputs, that you know you want for your company, you need to determine the knowledge and the skills necessary to complete those. So, like I said, if your goal is to do machine learning, or I want to, you know, implement an AI tool within my organization, I need to, to de- determine what are the skills that somebody's going to need to get to that. So, like I said already, Python. You can think of like, do I need to have Python. Okay, well, what level? Do I need to know Maggie's level of Python, which is like, you know, the bare minimum? Or do I need to know like data scientist Python? Like, I need to determine what that looks like within my organization. And then based on kind of like, what are the desired skills and knowledges that I want to have for my organization? I need to create ideal roles that I want. So we always start with like, oh, what do I have right now? But you got to think about like, what is what does my future state look like? What do I want to have in the future? And based on those future roles, now I can really get into the nitty gritty of what I want to do. Now I need to look at my existing population within the organization and what are the skills required for the roles that people are in. Now, people might have more skills in the role that they're in requires, but that's not the point. You want to know exactly like, okay, Maggie, they want, I want Maggie to know Python, but Maggie only knows Excel because that's all she needs to know for her job right now. And that's fine. But now I need to know, now I know exactly what I have versus what I want. And if I have any roles that maybe map to something that I want in the future, I can do that mapping now. I can say, well, instead of calling Maggie a data analyst because her skill set's only, you know, Excel, I'm going to call her a business analyst because Excel is what's required for that role. Um, And I can map that to it. And now I can determine the gaps that I have. Now it's like, oh, 
Um, I had, you know, a hundred roles that I want to have, but I only have 30 people that map into those future roles. So now I know exactly what are the gaps that I have within the organization that I, that I need to fill and understanding exactly like, how do I fill those gaps is a big thing. Not every single role that you have can probably is going to be able to be filled with somebody that currently works there. There's probably a place, there's a place for every single person that you already have, but their place might not be where you want it to be because everybody's ability to learn and retain information is different. It's really unlikely that you're going to take me to a data scientist level. Like that's just not going to happen. I, and I'm okay with that, but you have to be okay with that as an organization as well. What you want, like where their gaps lie. Now you can figure out exactly what you want to scale on and you can't necessarily scale everybody to that same level, the level that you want, but understanding where do we want to be? And so you can pass the information over to your L&D team, your learning and development team, if they exist, or maybe it's internally within your department to kind of understand or figure out exactly like, oh, can I get somebody from A to B? Or maybe I need to find external um, help. And that's okay. Like hiring, like, is a great option to do for any of this stuff because you're not going to be able to fill every single role. Understanding that not every role or not every there's not every person can get from A to B is is a big thing. You can't take a you know um, somebody who has just basic programming skills to like an advanced software development. And similarly in a data space, like that's something that empl employers have to get more comfortable with is that I can't make everybody a data scientist. I can't make everybody an AI or machine learning expert. And, and that's okay. But that's still uh, everybody who's in the data world is still an important piece in the data world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that balance of skills is, is really important. If I think about some of the most successful data analytics teams out there or some of the businesses that have done really well with data analytics, um, you know, they've got a whole array of skills and they've been very comfortable in going out and hiring people to work in that data analytics team that, as you say, aren't a data engineer or a machine learning engineer or a data scientist because they value and can get and can get value out of their skill set that is maybe more on the softer side, which bridges some of the gaps that, that we do currently have. I guess one of the questions I, I, I was just kind of thinking about was floating around in my head as you were talking there, Maggie, was of, of all these kind of, you know, data analytics leaders or business leaders then that are kind of trying to pinpoint these gaps, um, how, how many of them, in your opinion, do you think know what their own gaps are? Because I, I would honestly say very few probably <laughs> yeah. understand. I mean, yeah. data and analytics is still a pretty new field. So a lot of the people who are leadership in this space are not data and analytics experts on their own. And that's okay. Like they don't necessarily need to be, um, but they definitely still have gaps. And I think that that's still why we're seeing, like we talked about earlier, is that data literacy kind of gap or the data literacy kind of implementation is usually one of the later pieces because it's not until later on in the journey that these leaders are really starting to see like, oh, I'm not as good at this as maybe I thought I was um, because they think that, oh, I've been looking at Excel spreadsheets my entire career, so I must know data. Um, and, and they do know data. Like everybody knows data to to a point, everybody sees, you know, they are on LinkedIn or Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and they see their their data trends or they watch the weather reports. We all have some kind of data literacy to begin with. 
but it's understanding like is the data literacy the in the context that you really want it to be for success within your business mm, yeah absolutely makes um makes perfect sense i guess one of the reasons why this concept really appeals to me maggie around you know the data education space and 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 what you're doing at data camp is because i think obviously you know my world is the talent space right and all we do is work at the typically at the senior level across both technical and and leadership and i think you know we work across europe and we work across the us and you know broadly speaking there's not too many differences um I think that the the big thing for me that I see is that there's still this kind of obsession with going and and having to hire externally for specialist skill sets and and that's always going to be the case for certain roles um but you know we're in a very talent scarce market where every business in the world now is trying to do more with data analytics so the competition is as high as it's ever been um and I just think you know there's so many things that we can be doing that most businesses aren't right in terms of bringing people from other business domains and upskilling them bringing people in from different backgrounds or avenues um you know so you don't have to bring someone into your data analytics team that's got a computer science degree you could get them from somewhere else and maybe train them in areas that that they need training in to get them to a level that you need them to be i think we just need to be thinking more creatively rather than you know going fighting out a full on talent war you know with your business across the street or your main competitor for you know that senior data architect or your lead data engineer or whatever the case may be and and, and obviously there's a whole you know we're hearing of some you know crazy and wonderful job titles out there now right you know the data journalist for example on on more on the communication side which is it, it's it's fantastic but how can organizations go about upskilling their kind of current workforce or maybe be thinking about okay well do we need to go and get someone that's got 10 years experience or could we get someone that's got a year out of university and you know put them through a course and i guess what's the realistic expectations of doing that you know how how quickly can these people be upskilled yeah i mean you know you're totally right not everybody not every role should be looked for externally a lot of roles you can find the people internally and you have people who really are ready to raise their hands and say like pick me pick me you know data analytics is still a very new space very few people unless you're getting like a really advanced degree have some degree that came from data and analytics. A lot of the people that these companies end up hiring externally probably came to a data camp or another company like it and started taking classes and learned those skills just the same way that their employees could do. Um, and so it's really about like, how much time are you going to dedicate to this? Like, are you going to give your employees one hour a week, which is nice, like it's not bad, but like might not be enough to really get somebody from, you know, a software engineer to now a data engineer that might not be the time that they need to develop or are they going to really say like okay like take a 3 month like like intensive which some companies might be able to do not everybody's going to be able to afford that um but you have to find that balance and so a big thing is like finding willing people like who's willing to do that a lot of these data and analytics skills are not that challenging to learn and a lot of people can just can learn them if they are given the opportunity and the second thing is finding the time for people. So like you have to, to give um, people an ample amount of time. And it's not just a, 
to watch video courses. They need to have time to really um, implement their skill set. So where can they do like, like kind of like a test and learn? Maybe maybe people can be on put on like a special project. I saw this great. Um, I'm trying, forgetting what company, but I saw this great thing recently where a company was offering kind of like junior level roles to people and they were given like a small project as a team for like three months to kind of hone their skills. It was kind of like a, a low risk, like high reward type of project. Like they didn't, if, if it didn't go well, it was okay, but they were given the opportunity to really learn these skills and something that was still going to be business value in the end if it was successful. And, and that's a great way to get people into the role and get them more comfortable with it. But like I said, you can still give people the opportunity to come to a data camp or get people licenses and give them um, a training path. Like I said, understanding what are the skills that you want people to have, pinpointing what are the groups, who who has the potential or who has like the desire to really like learn like a certain to a certain level. Not everybody can go from the same to like from one level to the next in the same pace. So where, where do you want people to go? You can't have everybody be a data scientist. So you have some people who are like, Hey, this person can be a, like, they're really good communicators. So maybe they're going to be our data translators. They're going to be the data journalists. And so you give them those specific types of content to learn, or maybe you have others that you're like, okay, this person, they are our analytics expert. Like they're already really good at it. So we're going to put them in a, like a data science kind of like upskilling path and, and pinpointing it like that. But still, like I said, giving people that time and making sure that the expectation is there, that they're not necessarily going to have to learn it all tomorrow and uh, have to be perfect at it, giving them to room to learn, grow and fail and then come back and do it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do you get many people that come from a, you know, a non-technical background? So they might be, you know, work within the business, but have an appetite for data. And I guess, obviously, ironically, this ties back into data literacy, right? Because <laughs> there needs to be a certain element of data literacy within the business for, people to want to put the hand up if they're not a data person, for example, right? Do, do you see that transition happening much or, or not? Absolutely. Um, especially because BI tools are so prevalent, even in the business. Like um, a lot of people get their start in data with a BI tool because there's super low barrier to entry. You don't necessarily need to have a data and analytics background. And it starts to give them the appetite for like data storytelling, communicating insights. They do some data transformation within the tool. And so they start to see that this is kind of fun. They, uh, if the, if their dashboards are pretty, then they get kind of recognition. So you get people in the door by giving them the tools that other analysts are using um, that way. And so, which is something that's super exciting to me, being somebody who didn't come from that data background. It's always fun to see people come in. And that's a great thing, like Data Camp, we offer, like I said, our goal is to democratize data science skills. And it doesn't matter if you're coming in with the bare minimum, no data skills at all, or you're coming in with something. There's really a path for learning in any avenue. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Makes perfect sense. I guess in terms of the kind of skills gap analysis, then just to bring it back to, to that, obviously, I think when, you know, business leaders are looking at their business strategy around what their goals and objectives are and they're working back, which as we know is is obviously the way that 
we should be doing it. It doesn't always work that way, as we both know, but the, um, you know that, that's the theory, at least. I guess it's probably a lot more obvious, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's probably a lot more obvious for those business leaders to identify where they've got you know, skills gaps from a very technical perspective, right? Versus where are, where are our data literacy gaps and that you know that that's probably evident in the fact that that you know the literacy piece and the storytelling the communication is often a you know a, a last throw of the dice if you know a, an implementation or a project or initiative has, has not worked as well as we were hoping how do you approach that or how do you as data camp work with businesses to get them to to think about that differently because yeah it's obvious if you don't have a skill but I guess the literacy piece is probably a little bit more of a blind spot for a lot of businesses, right? It absolutely is a blind spot. Um, the biggest thing is getting getting businesses to understand that data literacy is a transformation that starts from the beginning. It doesn't require a data a skills gap analysis. Everybody needs the same type of um, immersion in that to really get it. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you're a data scientist usually their communication skills is not something that's focused on a university um, or in other parts of their education kind of path. So getting them into the communication courses or asking the right questions, like they might be very good at the analytical space, but like they need to know what what is the important thing, what is important to the business leader that they're working with. Um, So getting those types of things early on, but it's a cultural transformation as a whole. You can't just give people a few courses and expect them to really get it. Like they might get it. They might be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. But like to really understand where it falls into the company's like priorities or how how does it play up? That's something that has to start from the top as well. Starts with communications across the business. Like are you, do you have an internal blog that you can start posting on about, you know, data wins? Like it doesn't have to be big, but it could be like, oh, we did this, we did that. Um, at Data Camp, we do this bi-weekly every single, every other week we have a bi-weekly with the whole company where all of the, the business leaders talk through the OKRs and how the company is doing um, with the OKRs. And it's very um you know, it, it's very like eye-opening and it and it gets everybody engaged. Like everybody knows the financials at all times. Everybody knows like what are the uh what are the successes, like where are we struggling as a business, whatever. And and like there might be way uh that more than other companies are really ready for, and that's okay. But it gets everybody thinking about data actively. And it's about how many times can you get somebody to like hear the word data or see like how we're making a data-driven decision for them to get it and to see how they can get there. Because again, like I can give you a course, but how do you relate that to the job that you're in? That comes from internal. Like I can't help you relate it necessarily perfectly to whatever role you're in. You need your business leaders to help you see like how the value that you're adding is really in like adding to the rest of the company and what you can do to make a difference. And that's how you start to make the data transformation. And that's how data literacy really works. It's, you can take a course, but you also need the, the internal kind of feedback. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think I've had plenty of people on this podcast that, you know, have have talked about the importance of communication and, you know, not just in its, um, in, in its kind of terminology, but but in actually 
the the kind of implementation of what that means you know so i've had people who have been you know chief data officers at some of the biggest businesses in the world talk about they did a a podcast once a month where they jumped on and you know they they talked about what they were doing with data and where they were at on the journey and where they were at against the metrics that they were measuring um you know weekly newsletters um even little hubs where people could stop by and and i think you know and these whole communication pieces had budget assigned for that purpose you know so i think it's really really important because we're still very much on that technical trail i think the, the industry's moved the dial quite a lot to be fair that's partly because you know we probably haven't got as much value out of a lot of this stuff as we we were hoping for so but uh, you know we are where we are i guess has there been any kind of key successes for you and you know highlights or anything that you've heard or businesses that you've worked with around you know some of these more literacy-led or communication-led programs you know i guess what are some businesses doing really well that others aren't that are allowing them to be successful yeah i mean honestly i think it just goes back to that communication piece all the success that i've heard really comes from the internal communication and how they're relaying success to their employees and how they're giving realistic expectations and realistic timelines for you know implementing a lot of this stuff you know you can you can have all, you can do all of the right things, but if you're not doing them together um, or, you know, at, at a regular cadence um, or it's not consistent, there, there's not going to be the success that maybe a business is hoping to have. So anything I've seen that successes is that like it's coming from the top down, like you see everybody involved in this. You'll see, you know, executives going for day long immersions into these types of things or they're sitting in taking the trainings as well. It's not just the, the business or it's not just their employees that are getting involved everybody is involved and everybody is being communicative. And when they, you see it with it being a more holistic experience where champions of data literacy aren't just coming from the C-suite, they're coming from each line and everywhere within an organization, that's going to be the success. And that's where any business, if they want to have success with data literacy initiative, get the rest of the team involved right away, get everybody thinking about it and get that communication piece really being transparent and, and start sharing the wins early on. That That's really going to help anybody do well. Mm, yeah. I guess in terms of where this is often driven from internally within an organization, because I presume you know, just like we do in our business there, you know, we work alongside internal talent teams, right, as a support mechanism. I'm sure you work along inside internal L&D teams, but my knowledge and experience tells me that there's probably, you know, if you think about L&D teams generically across a business, it's the usual suspects, right? You know, they'll have people that are there to, you know, develop their sales force. So they'll have sales trainers or something like that. Very seldomly would they have a data and analytics person or curriculum helping the business be upskilled in whether that's technical or non-technical, right? So are you seeing a transition that there are more businesses starting to kind of bake this into their internal L&D or is it still very much a kind of separate thing that people come to you for because, you know, they just don't have that? Yeah, so I haven't necessarily seen data professionals or data literacy or data education experts be within the 
the L&D teams yet. However, I have seen starts of data literacy programs within organizations where you have people kind of like in a centralized data office doing a lot of this work. And they work closely with L&D, but there probably could be a better overlap in that space. Um, that is one of the hardest things is when you're working with people who, you know, don't necessarily know the data space or don't really understand the skills to begin with. Um, giving them good context, they just kind of think you're throwing fluff um, at them and they're just, you're trying to sell them. Whereas when you're working a little bit closer with people who have the data background um, or have some data literacy understanding, um, there, there's a lot of buy-in a lot earlier on. And so there, that means that in the end, there's going to be success for the business earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, uh, that makes perfect sense. Well, Maggie, look, um, conscious of time, um, pleasure speaking with you as, as always, um, I guess want to finish on asking you, how do people get in touch with you then? So if there are people out there, data leaders, business leaders, data practitioners, non-data practitioners that want to upskill, whether that's, you know, literacy, communication, storytelling, or whether that's, you know, becoming the world's next best, greatest data scientist, how is the best way for them to reach you? And what does that process look like in terms of, you know, getting them onboarded into a data camp course? Yeah, sure. So, you know, if people want, feel free to reach out to me in two different ways. One on LinkedIn, um, you can add me, we can talk over LinkedIn. I'm always happy to do that. And then we can connect other ways. Um, another way is just to send me an email, maggie.remenzi at datacamp.com. So I'm sure that Kyle will spell out my name for you. So you, uh, <laughs> you don't have to guess on the spelling of that. Um, yeah. And I know it could be kind of ominous. Um, but yeah, and then if you send me an email, I'm happy to connect you um, with a, a way to get in touch with our program, really. Um, and, and happy to work alongside you as you develop your education plan for your employees. Yeah, absolutely. And what about on the other side of the fence? Are you still looking for, you know, um, fantastic data and analytics practitioners and leaders to kind of produce content for you? Oh, my goodness. Yes. If you are interested in creating content, please, please, please reach out. I um, I would love to connect with you. We're looking for people in uh, those soft skill courses right now. So the data literacy courses soon will be in the data governance space. Um, but also always in the technical space. So Python, R, SQL, uh, data engineering, machine learning ops, any of the BI tools, uh, really the um, there is no ceiling right now. So we're we're happy to chat in any capacity. And uh, please let me know if you if you have any uh, keen interest in producing content. Yeah. What, what's in it for the people that do want to do that? Yeah, so we uh, have a couple of different ways that you can create content and make money. So we have two different um, options. Basically, we'll, we have some courses that we call subject matter experts, where you um, help to create the course internally, um, and then Data Camp ends up producing it intern like ourselves. The second is an instructor model, where you kind of create the course and you're the voice on the course as well. So depending on the course, um, we utilize both. It just kind of... Uh, we decide on that based on how frequent we think content will have to be updated and maintained, which can be painful, um, as I'm sure you guys can uh, guess, because we really want to make sure our content is 
um, as up-to-date as possible at all times. So, um, and so it's a financially rewarding experience. It's also really great for people's brand, especially if you're working independently, a contractor or in a university of some sort, um, it's a great way to get your name out there. Um, as you know, we've had courses on the platform for several, several years, and I know, um, that they lead to other types of engagements for a lot of our instructors. Yep. Nice. Nice. Well, Maggie, look, you have uh, a great rest of the day. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and um, we'll speak to you very soon. All right. Great. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Speak soon. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of Driven by Data, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics. Until then, Please follow Orbition Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, like, and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these too. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week. Bow, 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 bow,